welcome to um, the Go For Growth podcast. This is episode nine. My name's Lauren Siddons and I'm your host for today. With me also, as always, is Jill, one of Go For Growth's co-founders, who is your other host. Hi, Jill. Hi, Lauren. Nice to be here. Thank you. Um, just before we do get started today, what we quickly wanted to do was say a massive thank you again to Simon, who joined us last month for our Procurement Hero series. And a massive thank you also to everybody who listened to that episode. Um, it's actually been our most popular podcast to date. And there is more to come from the Hero series over the coming months, so do watch out for them. But what we're going to be talking about today is becoming a social enterprise. So our directors, Jill, Shirley and Jimmy, incorporated go for growth three years ago. And after a year, we started working with SMEs and VCSEs. Um, since then, we as a whole team have actually been committed to the local social impact that supporting SMEs and VCSEs can have. And I was just about to make a public announcement about becoming a social enterprise. And so today, what I'm going to be doing is asking Jill a bit more about why we're doing that and what it means to us and those that we work with both now and in the future. What Jill's going to do is give us a bit of a background about why becoming a social enterprise is important to us and what the practical implications are that our customers and the providers we work with can expect to feel as a result. Thanks, Lauren. Well, for us, I think as a team, when we came together, we, we knew that we always wanted to be driven by impact rather than by profit. We knew that um, getting into this space, into marketplace development, was going to be a really tough task. Marketplace development isn't an easy thing to do. Um, when you think about it, it's a large scale market with literally millions of different businesses and voluntary sector organisations within it. And if you look at the public sector who we're trying to connect that marketplace with, there's a lot of spend, so 280, 300 billion pounds a year. But there's not always a huge amount of procurement resource. And of course, we've just been through and we're still feeling the effects of the global pandemic. So the impact that COVID had on everyone, on how both businesses and procurement works has been actually just really profound. And if anybody reads our manifesto, which is on our website, and Lauren, I know you're familiar with this, but the manifesto was one of the first things that we put together. And it, it really tries to define what Go for Growth is about, what's important to us about who we want to be. Um, and how we want to be that organisation to the to the procurement clients who invest in us and who we work for and also to the providers that we support. And we've been really clear throughout that manifesto about the overarching mission of Go for Growth being social. And, and what that means in a practical sense is that in developing local marketplaces, what we can do through that is to help local communities to grow and to thrive. We help to build resilience. We help create greater access to skill development, to employment opportunities. So creation of jobs, retention of jobs, and even to improve health and health and well-being. I think there's there's lots of statistical evidence to link good economic employment, good education, good access to skill development, to the health and well-being of a local community and the people within it. And so since the beginning, actually, we've always run Go for Growth um, with those values and outcomes in mind. That social purpose, it places above all our other objectives, including shareholder value. Um, and that doesn't mean that profit isn't important to us. The profit we make is still important to us. But it, that's less about our individual earnings as shareholders and more about how that profit can be reinvested to help us achieve that mission. So since we started, you're right, we, we, we started three years ago, we incorporated uh, the business and then started supporting SMEs and VCSEs. And since 
the very beginning, we've been reinvesting at least 50% of our profit. Um, and it's a financial commitment that we were doing informally, but we wanted to make that formal and public so that our clients who invest in us, it's, it's taxpayer money that funds go for growth through the public sector. We want those clients to have confidence that their investment created both impact at source, but also that that investment will work as hard as possible to continue to deliver social outcomes that we've set up to achieve. But in thinking about becoming a social enterprise, it wasn't just about the here and now, and it wasn't just about the profits and that reinvestment of profit in our social mission. We also got to thinking about the future. And we wanted to make sure that if Jimmy, Sherry and I, or any combination of the three of us, if we weren't the ones in the driving seat of Go For Growth, that it would be run and continue to run in the manner that we'd intended. And that's all about keeping the social impact at the very core of the business aims. And of course, you know, we do need to make money. Every business needs to make money. Uh, we also as a business want and need to grow to be able to continue the work that we're doing. So money and profit as as stuff and things in a business, they're not a dirty word for go for growth, even as a social enterprise, as they are not in any business. Um, our tiny team, as you know, Lauren, you're a huge part of this. Our tiny team currently is engaging in excess of eight and a half thousand businesses. And that's staggering to me. You know, we are small. We've got associates that work with us, but the core businesses, we are a micro business. So to be able to support eight and a half thousand businesses, many of whom are going on now to win work in the public sector where they haven't before. I think that's really staggering. And I'm really, really proud of us for being able to do that. And me, it, it, when you look at the numbers, it really does just baffle me. But it just reminds me of the work that we're doing and how great it is, really. I know it's I mean, over 17,000 individual engagements across eight and a half thousand businesses. So we know businesses are engaging more than once. Um, and our financial model, the way we work, as you know, the, the public sector funds us, they invest on a yearly basis with us. And, and what that means is that everything that we offer to the marketplace is delivered free of charge. So there's no cost barrier to the provider marketplace to being able to access that support. And, and actually, I would, you know, I, I feel very humble about the role that we play in these engagements and these interventions. So I, I think we're a, probably a small part of the process that providers, um, you know, undertake. And so we can't take credit for the hard work that our providers are undertaking when they when they're seeking to win business. But we are a helpful ally, I think, and and our interventions are often making a huge and a measurable difference at that. We, you know, we've created um, some case studies, as you know, of, of businesses that we've supported that have gone on to 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 win business um, in the first place. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that's that's it's all amazing. Thank you very much for that. So once we had decided that we were going to be like formalising becoming a social enterprise, what were the steps in um, the, the steps we had to go through to actually make it all happen? Yeah, so it's interesting, actually. It, 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 I, I expected it to be a bit easier than it was, really, um, in that uh, I, I thought it would be fairly self-explanatory to become a social enterprise. And so I hope in talking about the core constituent parts of the process that we went through, if anybody else is thinking about becoming a social enterprise, that this might be a bit helpful to them. 
Um, yeah, because I know I remember you saying when we were in the, the first stage of looking at doing it, it, it was a fair few months back and I didn't hear much of it since then until you came back to me and said we're in the process of doing it now. It's happening shortly. And I'd, it had completely gone out of my head because it had been so long since you originally brought the idea up to me. Um, but obviously, you've been working in the background and it just goes to show that it is it can be a, either a lengthy process or one that you've got to look into a little more at least. Well, and I think you've got to take it seriously. So, you know, you you have to make some legal changes, not in your constitution or your construction of a business, but it's not to be underestimated becoming a social enterprise. You are making a public and formal commitment about how you treat profit, for example, and moreover, where your values sit in the running of the organisation. You think about the organisation now, you think about if you ever don't have it, what happens in the future. So it's not small, but that we started right at the very beginning um, using um, government hosted information around legal structures. So the first thing we wanted to find out was what kind of legal constitution do we have to be in order to be able to be a social enterprise? We weren't sure, for example, whether we had to be a community interest company or we were a limited company by shares and whether that was going to be applicable um, to becoming a social enterprise. The term social enterprise describes the purpose of a business and it actually doesn't describe its legal form. So a social enterprise is defined by government as a business with primarily social objectives whose surpluses are principally reinvested for that purpose in the business or in the community rather than being driven by the need to maximise profit for shareholders and owners. And so that's what being a social enterprise means. And if I take us back to what I said not five minutes ago about uh, Jimmy, Sherry Lee and myself, this was always all about impact as opposed to profit for us. So we were always interested in what we could do at local economic levels for local yeah. communities rather than being driven about what the three of us as shareholders in Go for Growth could earn out of it. Um. We are a limited company. It's on the list of structures that's permissible. Uh, so that was good. That was a big sort of, OK, first hurdle sorted. Um, and then actually after that, it got a little bit murky about in terms of how do you physically go about doing this? So we got in touch with Social Enterprise UK and we do intend to become a member of, of Social Enterprise UK once everything's um, formalised and finalised. And I'll talk you through what that means. But we got in touch with Social Enterprise UK to ask for some advice about what we practically needed to do. And um, we knew we needed to alter our articles of association, for example, but we, we didn't know where to start. And for any limited company out there that's thinking about becoming a social enterprise, almost certainly, unless you've already asked to do something different, when you uh, form a company at Companies House, you will adopt the model articles of association. One of the things I didn't realise personally was that um, we the model articles of association, unless you change them, they're not listed on your company's house profile. They're only listed if you actually change them. Otherwise, you need to download the model articles and then go from there. And these are a legal document written in legal speak. And this is a document that you will be judged against. So it is really important if you're thinking about being a social enterprise, when you're changing your model articles of association, that you understand the process that you're going through and the impact there of it. But social enterprise were, uh, you know, frankly amazing. They recommended that we use something called Purposely. And Purposely is a website, it's all free to use. What effectively it does is it takes you through a question and answer type process, a Q&A process, and it actually helps 
it asks you tons of questions and then it recommends the model articles that will best reflect what you as an organisation are trying to achieve. So as a board, the three of us went through that Q&A. Um, we went through then and chose, so our model articles had a 93% match to what we're trying to achieve. We downloaded the model articles, we went through them um, and, and actually helpfully what purposely does is it shows you the changes colour coded. So you get red changes, which are mandatory, and then you get green changes that if you ever wanted to become a B Corp, which you and I have looked at before for Go for Growth, yeah. that you would need to, if you wanted to be a B Corp, uh, B Corporation, you would have to have also these things in your model articles of association. So Jimmy, Sherry and I went through the full recommended document. Uh, it is a legal document. We needed to make sure we were happy with the changes, um, which we were, and we adopted all the recommendations from Purposely. Um, so if we do go on to become a B Corp in the future, our articles are set up for us. And then we actually asked our accountant to lodge them at Companies House, and that's the stage that we're currently at. So our accountant has had their signed documents from me, and they are formally lodging those articles of association at Companies House. And once that's done, we'll be able to become a member of Social Enterprise UK. They've confirmed that all they're waiting to um, accept our membership application is to be able to see those articles at Companies House. And we'll then be able to formally announce the change. And that is a huge, a huge milestone for us. It's a real key point in our journey for us as an organisation. Um, but I do want to stress that actually it, it's, it, it's about reflecting our business structure in a way that mirrors what we already do so it's not about changing yeah. how we operate because the 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 driver for becoming a social enterprise was about our current behaviors it's about mm -hmm. what was important to us already it was about what we set up to do and about formally reflecting that in a business structure that shows how we operate how we've been operating and how we commit to operate in the future and that social impact of what we do has always been our primary driver as, a, as an organisation. And whilst we will always need a stable and growing business financially to be able to continue to do what we do, profit has never been and will never be our key objective. Um, and so becoming a social enterprise for us just makes a huge amount of sense and hopefully will make a, a lot of sense both to the providers that we support, but also and importantly to those clients that invest in us. Brill, thanks, Jill. If I could just add there that for me, working in a company that's so driven by outcomes and impact as opposed to profit, it's really meaningful. It just it means it makes me feel even better about the work that we do. I just wanted to add that on the back of what you said there, Jill. Brilliant. Thank you. And 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 actually it's I can't tell you how good to hear that is. Um one of the things that we hope that becoming a social enterprise will do is help us to recruit other people like you, Lauren, who are just as committed to the social impact that we can make together. And, you know, whilst we're growing at the minute, as any small business will tell you, it can be tough to secure long term investment. So we hope that being able to attract talent, being able to attract clients into us, you know, knowing that there's a social reinvestment commitment at the heart of all we do will make us attractive both as a as a supplier, but also as a as an employer in the future. Absolutely. No, thank you. Thank you. Um, also, I do mean to um, add on there as well. Um, Jill did mention um, 
resources that people on the same journey as us becoming a social enterprise may um, benefit from accessing. What we are able to do is in our show notes for today's episode, we can add some links to the resources that Jill mentioned um, in the last response. Is that okay with you, Jill? Yep. No, that's brilliant. Yeah. Anything yep. we could do to help people um, get to where they want to go quicker is is grand by us. Fab. Fab. Thank you very much. Um, so that does pretty much bring us to um, the end of um, today's episode, to be fair. Is there anything else you'd want to add, Jill, at all before um, we do look at bringing the episode to an end? Um, I think just, you know, again, to say thank you for joining us today. Um, it, it, it is a it's a huge milestone for go for growth becoming a, a social enterprise and and whilst i am minded to say of course that this is a reflection of how we already work that doesn't actually downgrade the milestone i don't think I, you know it is it is huge for us to publicly announce that um we will make uh, you know at least a 50% reinvestment of our profit every year into our social mission the the values of that social economic impact are at the heart of everything that we do and that we take the views and values of our stakeholders like you Lauren like our employees like our clients like our uh, providers we hold them at the heart of everything we do and place all of those things ahead of profit so it was always for us about the impact that we could make and this is a a huge testament I think to that commitment that we started go for growth with um, and it feels it fills me actually with immense pride to be able to stand up and be counted on behalf of that mission um, to, to say we will, we have been and we will continue to put our money where our mouth is um, and keep reinvesting. So we don't think we charge very much to our public sector clients. Um, I, and that's not to say or belittle the challenge that is securing budget for anybody, but we try to always um under promise and over deliver that's you know that's our that's our view we we try to be value for money and hopefully yeah. knowing that 50 percent of our profit will go back into that mission will be a, you know a, a really good message for our for our investors and our clients brilliant brilliant thank you very much jill so bringing um, the episode to a close then today, we do hope you've enjoyed getting an insight into what we're doing and our journey as a social enterprise. Um, if you are in the public sector listening to this and would like to know more about becoming a go for growth client, please do feel free to get in touch with Jill. Um, Jill's email is jill at goforgrowth.co.uk. I will also pop that in the show notes. Um, and equally, if you are a provider and like um, would be interested in taking support from us or having a chat with us about how we may be able to support your organisation, you can contact myself. I'm Lauren at goforgrowth uk, and again i will um drop that into the show notes for anybody interested brilliant thank you um, thank you again for joining us as you know uh, this is a monthly podcast so we'll be back next month with another go for growth podcast we hope everybody can join us then in the meantime you can find us all on the usual platforms and the links as always will be published on our social media and so from lauren and myself from all the team at go for growth um thanks for listening again and see you next time Thank you.